God is good, amen? amen? So speaking of his faithfulness, and speaking about how we are the light of the world that Jesus has made us, as Donna has pointed out, and how Eric received that word from the Holy Spirit for somebody in here, I, I really believe that this series that I'm currently in about overcoming the temptation to sin is to help everybody here in their walk with Jesus. Because I want you to see through that walk and through the trials and the temptations that we all go through, I want you to see how faithful he is, but also that the reason why you're receiving these trials and the devil is tempting you to sin is because he wants to diminish that light. He wants that basket to be over that light. And I want to be able to uncover that basket so that your light, like Donna's light, can shine. And it's not her. She already admitted that. It's Jesus in her that's shining through her. And that is something that we need to be aware of as we're walking through this thing called life. Because it's not about us anymore. And, and I really believe that the trials and the temptations that come our way is trying, the devil is trying to get these things to, to focus on ourselves. And not on the mission that we're called to be the light of the world to go out and to preach the gospel, not just through our words, but through our actions and who we are as people, who we are as the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So Paul writes this chapter in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 10, he is writing to the church at Corinth. And what he says is this, and I'm, it's not on the screen, it'll be in your Bibles, but if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and look at verse 12, this is what he says, he says, therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. It's a warning to us as believers. This is a warning to the Corinthian church to take heed of the temptation that's coming your way, the sin that you are enticed to actually commit. Take heed, don't be too prideful because what happens when you fall? There's pride before the fall, right? Take this warning and, and learn from it, accept it and understand what it's all about. And then he's gonna tell us here in a minute how we apply what we're supposed to do so that when that temptation comes, we're able to overcome it and we won't fall. And praise God for his grace because how many of us know that sometimes we do, do get tempted and we do fall? Amen. And that does happen, amen, I appreciate the honesty. That does happen. And so this warning that's coming our way is from learning from the past. Because what you'll see in the first 11 verses of that chapter is what the children of Israel went through. The temptation to sin. And they did all these things. They were idolaters. They were sexually immoral. They were evildoers. They tested God. That temptation was strong because they were going through issues in the wilderness they just come out of slavery from Egypt and they were going into this place before they reached the promised land called the wilderness and so they were tested and it really sounds like the same things that Jesus was tested with when he was driven into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. And the Holy Spirit drove him there. So if the children of Israel and if we can see our Lord and Savior Jesus being tempted and tried, then how much more are we going to be tempted and tried as believers. It's going to happen. So the very next verse, verse 13, this is the verse I told you last week that you needed to highlight. You needed to get into your hearts and memorize. This verse is so important 
in our walk. All the verses are. But this one in particular, when it comes to overcoming that temptation to sin, is so important. And this is what Paul writes. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. He's talking about temptation because there is temptation. And what he's saying to you is that it will overtake you. It is common to man, this temptation. And the fact that people throughout all of history will fall to it and sin is very common to man. And it's common with us as believers too. Amen? What is uncommon is that we're able to take that temptation and not fall into sin. That is typically uncommon. And that is my goal, is to live this life following Jesus and never sin again. Now, I'm not trying to get religious here. I'm just saying, that's my goal. Like, I want to become brighter and brighter and brighter until I step into heaven, right? And see, the longer that I'm on this earth, the hope is the fewer times I'm going to fall to this thing called temptation. And the more I'm able to, to absorb by the power of God, and we're going to learn about that here in a minute, the more I'm able to get brighter and brighter. So what he says here is it is common to man, but God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. This is a promise. And my experience has been, and as we see throughout the Bible, God's promises are good promises that he fulfills these promises. That if he promised it, he will do it. Going back to the fact that he is faithful, amen. So what is temptation? In this verse, temptation is mentioned or tempted is mentioned three times in this verse. Temptation, as we learned last week, is a test. It's meant to try and to prove our stand for Jesus. The temptation to sin, that very phrase should give you the idea of where it originates from, the devil. He's going to tr test, try, and prove your faith. He's going to test, try, and prove your stand for Jesus. It's going to happen. Guaranteed, it's going to happen. And why? Because once you're saved, once you've turned from your sin and you accepted Jesus, he's already lost the war with you. You already belong to God. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? That we become one with God. And the fact that Jesus has his hand around us, and God has his hand around us in Jesus, and that we are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit within us once we receive Jesus, we have a three-level security system, essentially. Like, we can't be taken out of God's hand, or out of the hand of Jesus, or unsealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, so the war, once we receive Jesus and we're now a child of God, we're now one with God, is over. It's already been won by Jesus. So the battle is now beginning in your life. The enemy does not care about the fact that you're going to heaven now. That's over. But what he cares about is, are you living for Jesus? Is your witness bright? And his aim with this temptation to make you trip up in sin is to hide that light. And what he does is essentially he makes you like the rest of the world. Like people will see you and they won't say there's something different about you because you're just like them. You're sinning just like them. 
Essentially, he is grafting you into the world and forcing you to be part of the crowd. And you no longer stand out. That's what he wants. That's why there's temptation to sin. And every time we fall, what comes after that? Guilt, shame, there's condemnation. I know there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ, but we feel it, right? And what he hopes is he'll stifle your witness and then you'll bleed into the crowd and you don't stand out anymore. And there's your light being held hidden by a basket. But praise God, Jesus said, don't let your light be put under a basket, which means we have the power by the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome that temptation and not to sin and not be like the rest of the crowd. That's what I want from home church is I want us to be able to stand out because the more that we stand out for Jesus, the more that we're going to lead people to Jesus, the more that people are going to want to say, hey, there's something different about you and I want to go to church with you. And these empty seats we see in here will be filled. No longer 140 to 150 people, but 200 to 300. We have enough capacity in here to hold at least 600 in here. And as I've always said, I want to be more busy. I want to have more than one service. I would love that. It gives me another opportunity to preach the message that God has made me prepare for. So let's fill this place. That temptation, though, it's so strong. It is a push and a pull, as I mentioned last week. The push with the temptation is to doubt God, to doubt that he will meet your needs. Because it's always really need-based. The devil fools you into thinking that you need something else. So that push is to say, hey, God is not fulfilling whatever need it is that's missing in your life. I want you to walk away from him. And at the same time, as that push is happening, there is a pull. And that pull is to pull you to something that's enticing you. That's something that you think is better than what God can provide. And so you fall into that and hence you sin. You're essentially what you're saying is, I reject the lordship of Jesus in my life. He doesn't have control of my life. He's not providing for my needs. And so I'm going to be my own Lord. I'm going to be my own God. And I'm going to do what I want to do to fulfill my needs. And because you do that, then you're just like the devil. And that's how we fall. And that's why Paul said, take heed lest you fall. The most powerful thing in our life that Jesus has given us the ability to do I believe is to stand against this thing called temptation. There is just something about it, right? When the temptation is there and yet you don't fall into sin because being tempted is not the same thing as sin. I want you all to know that because you're going to get that. It's a given. The devil's going to tempt you with something and it's always going to be something that you want to do for the most part. And so the ability to take the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about what the ability is, and to say no to that and not sin, there's nothing more powerful than that. And at the same time, there's nothing that draws you more closer to God than to be able to make that stand successfully. Because the reason for that is the ability comes from the relationship you have with Jesus. If that relationship with Jesus is strong, the greater the ability to overcome that temptation. So with that, I want to pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for everything that you're doing in this church. And I thank you what you're teaching us through your word. And Father, I just thank you that you're empowering us with the ability to be able to stand against this thing called temptation. It's not just so we don't sin against you, but it's also because we want to make sure that our witness is as bright as it can be for Jesus.
because we want to forge your kingdom by forging the gospel, not just through our words, but through our actions. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that as we're talking today and as we're learning in your word, that you continue to encourage us and inspire us to empower us to overcome whatever temptation comes our way so we do not sin against you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in 2017, my daughter Asia came to me. She's my oldest daughter, and she was about 17 at that time. And she said, Dad, I want to run a marathon with you. And at this time, I've run about seven marathons, and, and she knew that I was capable of, of running them. And she was a runner herself, but not quite a long-distance runner, at least not 26.2 miles. And so she wanted to do it. That was on her bucket list for her life. I want to do at least one marathon. And I'm like, that's awesome. Let's do this thing. And so we decided that we run the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. And I just remember putting the training plan together and just knowing that as we're planning out the next four to five months of our, of our training together, that as I'm looking at this thing, I just know it's going to be challenging for her. I knew I could do it because I've done seven of them, and I kept the distance going throughout in between the marathons, so I knew I'd be able to take her along with me and do this training plan, but with her, I knew there was no way she could do it without me. There's just no way. My first marathon that I ran, I trained with a bunch of guys, and the reason why we were able to get through that first one together was because we did the training together, and that's what God is. God is there to help you run this marathon called life. And as you train through life, he strengthens you, he gives you more ability, he empowers you more. You have this closeness in that relationship to be able to keep moving forward. Not just keep moving forward in the sense that you're kind of surviving, but keep moving forward because you're thriving. And that relationship is there to empower you to do things that you thought you could never do. And there's something about that, right? When you're with somebody and, and you've got something that's difficult ahead, i.e. following Jesus, if there's something about having that connection, that constant connection that encourages you, that motivates you to keep moving forward in a strong way. And that's what God was able to do through me to Asia. And that's what he's doing through me right now just to preach this very message. Like if I didn't have that partnership, remember what I said a couple weeks ago that the oneness that we have with God is yes, we're one with him and it's not just for relationship pur purposes but also for a partnership. For, to help me to be able to forward his kingdom but also he helps me to do this thing called life. So I wanna go back to the second part of uh, chapter 10, verse 13 in 1 Corinthians. And this is what Paul writes. He says, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. This is the phrase that we're going to focus on today. God is faithful. Like, we could sit here for the next, well, for the rest of the year, preaching on how God is faithful. He is so faithful. And see, when you accept Jesus, you turn from your sin and accept Jesus you're essentially saying, I'm signing up for you. I'm committed to you, God. 
Like, I surrender my life to you. Jesus is my Lord, so he tells me where to go, tells me what to do. Like, I'm committing my life to you. And what God is doing in return is committing his life to you. He's saying, you belong to me, I belong to you. And because I belong to you, I'm going to make sure that this life that you're walking through and following Jesus, you're going to be successful in it. And I'm going to make sure that you cross that threshold at the time of your death so that when you're absent from the body, you're present with me for all eternity. He's not going to, like, leave you hanging. And see, I think sometimes we as believers, we feel like he's leaving us hanging, but he's really not. That's really on us. It's not on him. Because remember, even though we may not be committed to him, he is committed to us. It's too late. You're signed and sealed by Jesus. You're signed and sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's too late. You've already committed your life to him. So we may fall off on our commitment, but he never falls off in our commitment. So commitment is how God is faithful. Commitment to having us do this thing called life in a powerful way through his ability. So when I think of commitment, I think of Felicia Chandler. Ha ha, I see you back there. So I got to brag on her just a little bit, and I've done this before, but I think she needs to be bright on again. We went down to uh, McAllister, my, my wife and I, Lisa, we went down to McAllister to see Zoe uh, run her regional track meet yesterday, which she did phenomenal, by the way, uh, qualified for three state events. So we look forward to next Friday and Saturday. So if you think of my daughter, Zoe, please, shameless plug, please be praying for her because uh, I really believe she's going to be a state champion next week, no doubt, for the glory of God, amen? So we went down to McAllister, and for those of you who don't know, Felicia lives with Michael, her husband, in McAllister, Oklahoma. And as we were driving down there yesterday, it's an hour and a half drive, and it's not the greatest drive because you have to go through some of these smaller towns, and if you speed just a little bit, they'll pull you over, right? But once you hit that turnpike, man, it's 80 miles an hour, let's go. But she does that drive, as we were driving down there, I just started thinking to myself, Felicia, she does that drive every Sunday to come here. So the commitment to do that, not just to get up early enough to get here, but her commitment because she loves this church. She wants to be a part of this church. And she's so encouraging to me and Lisa and to everybody that meets her. She's committed, right? Paying that, all that money for that gas. My goodness, she's committed, and she's been doing that for years and years and years. And you know what? Her whole life represents that commitment because as I look at her, I I see God's faithfulness because she exemplifies that faithfulness. Committed to come here, but she's also been working for Walmart for 34 years, right? Dude, how many of us have held a job for 34 years? There's that commitment, and that's exactly how God is towards us. So as I was training with Asia, and I formulated this training plan that I've been doing, the last seven marathons that I've done, I I formulated this plan, like, I know that as long as I'm committed to that training plan and committed to Asia doing it with me and not missing a day or missing a week, but staying with her every step of the way, that commitment is helping her to be able to train up so that she can accomplish that race and finish it strong. And that's what God is doing with us. He is always faithful. He is always committed. So 
as I said, he is faithful in a hundred thousand different ways. But in this section of this verse, how is he faithful? So Paul says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So first of all, let's just focus on the fact that he said, let you be tempted. That means that God allows you to be tempted by the devil to sin. Man, that is hard to wrap your mind around, right? Wait a minute, you just said that God is faithful, but now you're saying that he's allowing temptation to come? Yes. And see, I often hear people question God. Why do you let bad things happen, Lord? Why? You want to know the dirty little secret? We're the ones that let bad things happen. We're the ones that fell however many thousands of years ago. We're the ones that did it. And unfortunately, we basically handed over the keys of death and life to the devil. We did. Now he has this world. He's not in control. God is in control, but he has the ability to still do things like tempt us to sin. And God is saying, listen, man, I'm like this, this net, like this thing that the devil has to go through, like a filter, right? So as this temptation is coming according to your ability and where you are in my walk or your walk with me and where you are in relationship with me, according to your ability to handle this thing called temptation, I'm going to screen it out. Like, I'm going to have it filtered through. That's my faithfulness so that, yeah, the devil can do what he's supposed to do. He can test you, but I'm going to make sure that you pass the test. That you have that ability to pass the test. He's not going to allow it to overcome you. So if it's my fault being a part of human race, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, if I'm wrapped into the fact that it's my fault that sin is in this world because I'm part of the human race, it's my fault, then God is going to be faithful to be there to make sure that I'm able to overcome that temptation to sin. And that's important to understand He's not going to allow something to overcome you. He's, he's going to allow it, but not allow it to overcome you. And see, when I'm training with Asia for this marathon, like I know that when we're going through this training plan, I can see where she's at. I can see whether she's getting stronger. I can see whether or not she's ready for the next day. That's the next level up in that training. It's more difficult. And then I can make a judgment call as to do I allow us to go on this this run together or do maybe I just hold back a little bit because I want to make sure that she's able to do it because if she falls yes I'm going to pick her back up and encourage her but how greater is it for us to accomplish something that's on the schedule and be encouraged because she finished that scheduled training rather than fall flat on her face and I've got to scoop her back up again and build her confidence back and I will do that as her loving father but at the same time, I'd rather she get through it successfully and not fall. So I'm not going to allow that to happen to her. And that's how God is. And I think some of us in here might think that God can sometimes allow us to fall and, and is okay with that. He's not okay with us falling. 
He wants us to not be tempted beyond our ability. He wants us to be able to successfully overcome that temptation and not sin. Because God is a good God. Amen. So he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Your ability. Your ability. How many of us know we can't do anything without Jesus? We can't do anything. Listen, I I know, and this is going to be a shock to you, maybe. When I come up here, I know when I'm preaching from my own ability. Because half of you are asleep in here. There are no amens. And then I also know when it's his ability. Like I can feel that it's no longer my ability. It's crazy. The longer you, I think you follow Jesus, the more you know when he's empowered. You can like feel it, man. It's like running through your veins kind of thing, right? Like you just kind of know it's, it's not my ability, it's his But see, the Bible here says, Paul says, your ability. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And I really had a problem with that because, like I just said, I know that it's not my ability that I'm able to do anything for Jesus, let alone stand up to temptation and not sin. What is he talking about here? Your ability. It's not willpower. That's for sure. Like, as a new believer, I remember, as a new believer... The things that I was tempted with, you know, over time, because here's what happened. God changes you, right? So you receive Jesus. You're now a new creation. And now you're walking through this this process of sanctification. That's a very fancy word of the crud that's in your life is going to be filtered out. Like you're going to become this bright piece of gold eventually. And and God is working on you to, to work things out. And this thing called sanctification to where... You know, hopefully I'm getting better and better as I move forward. But, but it, what, I, what I'm saying is as a new believer, there was a, just a short period of time where eventually I wasn't doing those, those same sins that I used to be doing when I was not a believer. And so as the temptation was coming, it was easier for me to, to not sin. It was just real easy. But as I'm getting older, as I'm starting to move forward in my walk with Jesus, the temptations that are coming now are different than what they were back when I was a new believer. And it's getting harder now, right? So there's no way in my own ability I can overcome. Willpower, maybe at, at my early stage of walk with Jesus when I became a first believer, willpower seemed to be working. Well, willpower, the longer that I walk with Jesus, ain't working. Because God is maturing me, right? Right? And so what he's saying is, now I'm, I'm going to allow you, I'm going to allow you to go ahead and sit in that for a while. And yeah, you think it's your own strength and it's not willpower. But as you get older, I'm going to allow some things to come that's going to really test you even more. And those things you're going to have to know that you know that you know, it's based on our relationship and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's not based on your willpower. And I think some of us are past willpower Now we're truly having to depend on the Holy Spirit to give us that power to overcome that temptation. And some of us are falling and we feel like we're failing. Where God is saying, it's not your ability. Get up and keep moving. And I'm going to give you that ability. So I'm going to pick on some other people in here. 
Gary and Debbie Keener are absolutely amazing. Every month, they bring in lunch for the staff. And if you know Debbie, she's an amazing cook. Amazing. Gary, I don't know how you're not 400 pounds right now. She is amazing. So they bring something in every month. And I'm going to admit this, and I'm sorry, sweetheart, I'm going to admit this. I am cutting out sugar. So Lisa and I, were, we've been somewhat successful of cutting out sugar in our diet. Sugar meaning cookies, cakes, pies, cobbler, ice cream. I got you all salivating now, I know. All those things, gone, haven't touched them. <laughs> so I'm going to admit something. So Debbie, a couple weeks ago, brings in this cake. So awesome tortilla soup, cornbread, this cheese dip that she makes, it's incredible. And then next to that, nice big chocolate cake with all kinds of frosting. And if you want to know my kryptonite, it's cake. So if any of you bring cake into this building, God bless you. <laughs> but that, that temptation was there. And there was no way, and this is a credit to Debbie, that I could overcome that temptation. I gave in. I've already admitted to Lisa. I took, <laughs> took a little, little, little piece, little, just a little piece with some frosting on, just enough, you know, just to wet the whistle a little bit. Then the next day I would siphon off another little... So as the week went on, <laughs> as the week went on, I had to take some extreme measure. So I took what was left and I cut it up into three pieces and I stuck them in some Tupperware and I gave it to my daughter for her lunch. All right? Because I couldn't do it anymore. Willpower, willpower, if it can't work for me to get over a piece of chocolate cake, how much more is that going to get me when it comes to the devil tempting me to sin? Willpower ain't it. That's right, Paul. It's not it. So, so that's the thing, man, is that when you think you got it, man, you think the willpower, it, you got this thing covered, you're doing great. You're winning when it comes to this temptation to sin. And you think the willpower is doing it, then take heed lest you fall. You're going to be humbled, humbled tremendously. Your ability. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The longer I started to train Asia, as we're getting down to the end of that four to five month period, we're getting closer to the, to the race, the marathon itself. The longer that I train her and I'm challenging her and encouraging her along the way, the more I see her ability begin to increase. And what I learned is her ability was not just in enduring the long runs and her and endurance increasing and her cardiovascular system accepting less oxygen as she's running and being able to do that with more and more strength. But her ability came from me just being there. For me being able to, to push her, 
But as I learned, the longer that we began to do these runs and as we get closer to the marathon, we were doing 15, 16, 17 mile runs. I didn't have to say anything. It was just the fact that I was there. And to see her endurance increase and then she started to pass me in these runs. And I'm like, oh boy. The ability, what is your ability, as Paul was saying in here? Because as I just said, it's not ours, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, it's that relationship with God. I'm going to define what that is here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, I was here last week. To close this message, I want to go through this a little bit here to give you what that ability is. Paul writes this, he goes, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. I love the way he phrases this, we have, we have Jesus, we have him. That should be enough to define your ability. We have him. And who is this guy? He is this great high priest who is faithful because he passed through the heavens to do what? As fully God and fully man to save us from our sins and to overcome the consequence of sin, which is death. He is faithful. So we have Jesus who is God and is faithful. Paul says, Jesus, the son of God, that's who he is. Let us hold fast our confession. And I said last week, that is, he is not just our savior, but I confess also that he is the Lord of my life. Hold fast to that. If you hold fast to that, that means your relationship is getting stronger with him, and that means the more temptation comes your way, the less you're going to sin. Because you don't want to be the Lord of your own life. You want him to be your Lord. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. We have somebody who is just not God, who didn't just save us, but somebody, as I said, fully God and fully man was tempted in every way by the devil, yet without sin, which means he knows when we are tempted, he knows what it feels like. He doesn't just know what it feels like, He knows how to overcome it. Because it says right here, tempted in every way, yet without sin. So that comma between every way and yet without sin is what next week I'm going to hammer home. How? How was he tempted in every way, yet without sin? Verse 16. Paul writes this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Let us draw closer to the throne of grace with confidence. Let us do that. Let us do that. In other words, temptation comes my way, then I have the confidence to draw close to the throne of grace. I 
make that decision. I do that. That's your ability. That is the only ability you have. There's nothing else outside that one thing. That when temptation comes, that signal flare that shots up in the air and blows up and gives that signal to fight, then the only ability I have is the free will, if you want to know what willpower is, to make the decision to choose to go to Jesus at the throne of grace. The reason why we stumble and we fall is because at the moment of temptation, we don't go immediately to him. And I might get ahead of myself a little bit. I want to get into next week. But that's the ability. We have the ability to choose. Choosing not to sin means you choose to go to him. You choose to go to him. The throne of grace. Not the throne of judgment. Not yet, anyway. Not the throne of condemnation. Not the throne of shame. Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, fully man, fully God, resurrected. He is the one who is seated at the throne of grace. And he's saying, come to me. The temptation is there. You feel it. You can't do it on your own, but what you can do on your own is approach me at the throne of grace. Grace because what you have in Christ came to you, not because you deserved it, but because you made the decision to commit your life to him. And he's committing to you. So come to the throne of grace. And what is it that you receive when you get there? He says that we may receive mercy. Mercy. Why do I need mercy? Why would I need mercy? I need mercy because sometimes I get tempted and I sin. Mercy. The devil wants to tell you, the devil wants to tell you that when you sin, you can't go to Jesus. Well, if I can be just a smidge transparent with you, what I've learned in my life is that when I do get tempted and I make the decision to sin, because guess what? You make that decision to do that. What I have learned immediately is to go to the throne of mercy, to receive that mercy, to understand that if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. The goal is I don't want to do that a lot. <laughs> I don't want to have to go just to the throne of mercy. But what I do want to do is I want to receive grace to help in my time of need. That temptation is a time of need. And what I want more than anything is not just the mercy, but I want the grace. That's the power. That's the wisdom. That's the ability to overcome this thing called temptation and not sin to get that help that I need right then and right there. Because in between being tempted in everything, yet without sin, in between that is that grace, is that time to make the decision whether you're gonna sin or not. Everybody would please stand.
So Asia and I got to the point where we ran the Oklahoma City Marathon. By the time we hit 20 miles, we were on pace that finished that race in under four hours. And we were feeling really good. Ha, uh, pride. Feeling really good. <laughs> we're cruising along. Didn't have to say a whole lot to each other because we're focused on, focusing on the race. But just knowing that we were together, we were getting through it just fine. And I remember telling her when we hit 20 miles, I was like, oh my gosh, girl, we're going to finish this thing under four hours. And I started to get a big head. I could feel that. And then a mile and a half away from the start, uh, the finish line, she's from the finish line, my body started to give out. And it was the worst thing. And I remember telling her, it's like, just go on ahead of me. This is your first marathon. You can do something I've never done. Get it under four hours. Just go. I'll see you at the finish line. She stayed with me. And in turn, she encouraged me to keep moving. And we both finished together. And even though it was just over four hours, the victory was so much sweeter. Because we got through it together. And that's what God is saying to you today is, I want you to get through it with me. We can do this thing together. Don't give up. And the good news is eventually as you're running this race, you're going to be able to look to your brothers and sisters in Christ that are running the same race and be able to encourage them to get through whatever it is they're going through because I am getting you through it. And that's what being a believer is all about. It's not just worshiping Jesus and following him, but it's also helping each other out. Remember this, the ability, this is the big idea, the ability that you have when temptation comes is to simply choose whether or not you're going to go to Jesus for help. That's your ability. Everybody's head bowed, nobody looking around. worship God this morning with a song called Faithful. We've seen how God has been faithful in Donna's life. We talked about in this verse that I read how God is faithful. Some of you in this room have lost sight of how God is faithful. And I believe what Jesus is saying to you right now is I want you to come back to me with that same heart, that first love where you knew I was faithful, but as you're going through this thing called life, the devil has fooled you into thinking that I'm not faithful. Maybe you need healing this morning. God says, come. For it's by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Maybe you have a need this morning. God says, come. I am faithful because I will meet every one of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Maybe 
this world and the things going on in your world is causing great anxiety and stress. God is saying, come back. I'm faithful for I have not given you a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and of a sound mind. I don't know what it is right now that's tempting you to doubt that God is faithful. And what we just learned this morning is what we can do is make the decision to come to him. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something extremely bold. And that is to come up front. Just come on down. Just come on down here because we're about ready to worship God again. And what a way to sacrifice your praise where you are doubting that he is faithful, but yet you're saying, I believe you are because despite my circumstances, despite what I'm going through, despite my temptation to doubt you, I am going to worship you this morning. And if that's you, I'm asking you to come down here. And as people are coming down here, the very next thing that I think is extremely important is whether or not you're even in this journey with Jesus. If you're in this room today and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know what it means to know that God is faithful, then today is the day of your salvation. All across this room, if there's somebody in here that does not know Jesus, then I'm asking you to raise your hand right now. It'll be my honor to pray with you if that's you today. Is there anybody in here today that needs to receive Jesus? Maybe you're in here this morning and you're hearing about the power of the Holy Spirit, but you've never received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm really going to talk about that a lot next week. But before we get into next week, if there's anybody that's in here that's not filled with the Holy Spirit and they're speaking in other tongues, then I want you to be filled. And if you've never had that happen before, or maybe you're in this place that you have some questions and you need some answers before making a decision, then I want you to raise your hand this morning because I want you to be filled. God wants you to be filled with his resurrection power. That's you in here this morning. Never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Never spoken in tongues. Praise God. Father, I just want to thank you so much for everybody that's here today. Thank you, Father, for open hearts today, for honest hearts today. For anybody in here right now that has lost their faith in the sense that they maybe not even consciously, but maybe even subconsciously think that you are not faithful because of their situations They've been walking through things maybe for days, for weeks, for months, maybe even years. They have not seen change and they've lost their faith that you are faithful. 
Father, if there's anybody in here that feels that right now, then I want them to exercise their ability to come to you. And I ask that as we are worshiping with this song, I will trust that people will begin to trust you again. And their act of faith will be to come down here and to worship you. Father, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.